Hi there, I'm Washington Post reporter Lillian Cunningham. Stay tuned after the show to hear about my latest podcast, Moonrise. It's the dark but true story of why we went to the moon and what we found there. The full series is available now. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. Amelia Earhart is probably the most famous female pilot of all time. Her story, of course, is heartbreaking. Celebrated for her record-shattering transatlantic flights, Earhart vanished one summer day in 1937, attempting to fly around the world. For decades, the tragedy of Earhart's mysterious disappearance has consumed the imaginations of young schoolchildren, conspiracy theorists, and amateur sleuths. But it has also overshadowed the brave contributions of other female pilots defying gender roles and pursuing their passion for the miracle of flight. Like Ruth Law. Four years before Earhart ever took off in a plane, Law was making a name for herself in the clouds. Like during the Liberty Loan Parade when she buzzed around above the nation's capital, astonishing throngs of parade-goers below, including President Woodrow Wilson. It was 1918, World War I. The world was totally consumed, not just by the war, but these early days of flight, when pilots tried to one-up each other, flying further and further. By then, Law had been flying for six years. According to Smithsonian Magazine, she caught the flying bug from her older brother Rodman, a stuntman and daredevil. In 1912, Law asked the Wright brothers, Wilbur and Orville, to give her flying lessons. Orville said no, but he did agree to sell her a plane. Law hired an instructor, and by 1915, she was whizzing around in her little two-winged biplane. Earning the nickname Queen of the Air, Ruth broke the American long-distance record in 1916, flying from Chicago to New York. When America entered World War I, Law lobbied the government to fly in battle. If President Wilson sent her after the Kaiser, she wrote in a newspaper article, I should fly away on my bombing mission with not only a free conscience, but a glad heart. The Secretary of War refused. Nevertheless, Law became the first woman to wear a non-commissioned officer's army uniform. And she settled for soaring over parades, dropping so-called paper bombs, advertising liberty loans to support the war effort. Unfortunately, Law's career was cut short in 1922 after her own husband went behind her back and announced her retirement to newspapers. According to the Smithsonian, he feared for her safety as a pilot in those early days of flight, and she gave in to his demands. But on the day before the Liberty Loans Parade in the Capitol, Law took off and corkscrewed down the Washington Monument. She flew so close to the ground that she nearly grazed the tops of streetcars and trees. 
Her plane's propeller roared and whooshed hats from the heads of onlookers. They clapped. Drivers honked. When parade day came, Law looped over the White House and other government buildings. She looped so close to Wilson that he saw her offer a polite wave. An elderly woman looked up and said, Lord, be that a woman? Flying toward Capitol Hill, Law dropped her paper bonds. On one side, they read, You must put your money in the war chest, or the next bomb dropped may be a German bomb. You must fight or give until it hurts to help save your country. Ruth Law. After she landed, Law stood by as an announcer declared that just by flying, Law had taken a 50-50 chance with her life. The implication was simple. The least they could do was buy a bond. People stood in line and waved their hands for the chance to purchase $50 and $100 bonds and to get Law's autograph on the receipt. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. This episode was adapted from a story written by Eliza McGraw for The Washington Post. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. Hi, I'm Lillian Cunningham, host of The Washington Post's Presidential and Constitutional Podcasts. We've just released the finale for my latest series called Moonrise. It re-examines the story you thought you knew about why we went to the moon. I dig into newly declassified documents and presidential records, closed-door political deals, the Cold War nuclear arms race, and even the history of science fiction to tell a new story about space. Listen on your favorite podcast app or at WashingtonPost.com slash Moonrise. You can binge the entire series available now.